hello, hello. Welcome back to Badassery Podcast. It's Alexa, your host. So I am in a fantastic mood this lovely Tuesday evening. And if you're new here, welcome. You know, uh, welcome to the Badassery Podcast fam. Um, if you are new, you probably are like, hey, she's recording on a Tuesday. But if you have been listening for a bit, you're like, oh, why aren't you recording on a Sunday? Simply put, because I ran out of time. So this weekend was a little bit crazy in terms of getting stuff done. And Sunday, I was definitely scrambling. <laughs> Because on Saturday, I had baked a ton of stuff to give away to my friends, just some holiday baking because the rest of my month is looking pretty busy. So on Sunday, I was going to deliver it to some of my friends and that errand ended up taking me almost three hours by the time I drove to my friend's place, dropped it off, visited a little bit, and then came back. And this was all socially distanced, of course. But yeah, so that was kind of my Sunday afternoon. And then the F1 race was kind of a later race. It was a 10 a.m. race. So by the time it was just it was just kind of a mess. So I was like, well, I'll just record on Tuesday because I have class on Monday, which was my very last grad school class. So I'm very thankful for that. So yeah, here we are today just, you know, chilling out. I had a super busy day at work, a ton of meetings. I think I counted I had seven meetings, but it was all good because I had Bible study that ended up getting canceled, which allowed me to work out. So I was very happy and thankful about that. I did a holiday ride on Peloton. It was just a 30 minute holiday ride from Emma Lovewell. So if you are on Peloton, like totally recommend doing the holiday rides. Definitely will get you into the spirit of things, even though it is only December 8th. So that was kind of how my day shook out. It's around eight. I, you know, obviously I had dinner and then showered and then watched some Vlogmas, which I feel like I'm constantly behind on because there's so many creators I watch and everyone seems to be doing Vlogmas. I honestly was doing like Insta Vlogmas there for a second. Then I had a crisis last week. So I was like, well, I will, I'll just stop doing Insta Vlogmas. So that's kind of how that shook out. But yeah, I kind of want to just hop into this episode and start with some of my highlights. So one for sure is doing more of a deep dive into my personal brand. So the last couple of weeks, I've, I think I've alluded on here that I've been really trying to work on my personal brand and really kind of trying to refine and develop what that is. So I signed up for Wild for Planners Wild University, and it has been something I've wanted to do since it launched. I think it launched back in September, but now since I'm done with grad school, I can swing putting some money towards some other continuing ed and some more learning. So I spent, I think pretty much all of Thursday night, just on Wild U, just watching different courses, learning a bunch of stuff, downloading a bunch of stuff, and it made me feel more empowered to get after my personal brand. So I started working on that, and I've been really 
able to refine what I want to do with my YouTube channel and all that. And it was honestly thanks to Wild You. One of the creators, Lauren from Plan With Lore, had a really great course on kind of how to set up a YouTube channel from scratch. And so I watched it. I downloaded her workbook, worked through the workbook, and it was great. So I feel a lot more passionate and ready to kind of just get that started. So that was great. So a really good start there. I'm really hoping to get into doing Wild You like at least once a week, just hopping on there and just kind of learning what I can do with that. So secondly, it was, you know, baking holiday goods and delivering them. This year, I really wanted to do something with my friends that was very, you know, from the heart, very thoughtful, you know, something that I really enjoy doing each season, which is baking. So I spent all of Saturday baking. I baked six things in six hours, including a tray of baklava. So I learned how to make my mom's baklava recipe, which was a huge accomplishment for me as I had never made it before, but it is honestly a fan favorite for all of my friends and my co-workers. They're like, when is your mom like making baklava? So now I can say that I can make it. So that's been exciting. And just, you know, making the effort to really drive and just see my friends, even if it's just for half an hour and just catch up really quick. It's kind of a great way to just see them in person because I really haven't had any like friend interactions since my birthday, which was back in October. So I really needed that because it's just been, you know, interaction with obviously myself and my family. So it's been nice to just see some people in person. And third is I finally hit my reading goal for the year, you guys. I set a goal to read 35 books this year, which was more than last year. And for the last couple of years, I've done a reading challenge. I haven't hit my book goal. But on Saturday, was it Saturday? Yes. It's either Saturday or Sunday. Now I'm like starting to get fuzzy. I think it was Saturday. I finished my 35th book, which was The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And I highly recommend that book. So if you are in the mood for a kind of one of those like thriller type books slash murder mystery, something that's a very easy fiction read, I highly recommend The Guest List. So yeah, it was very exciting to hit my reading goal. I'm definitely upping it for next year. I found that increments of five are good. And it's strange because every year I always, even if I hit my reading goal or not, I'm always wanting to increase it because even if I didn't get it the previous year, I'll exceed it the next year. So let's say I didn't get 35 books, but I would have gotten more than I did last year because I think last year I only finished with 26 or 27 books, which is still a lot. So it kind of averages out to be a little over two books a month, which is still great. But yeah, I like to keep my sights high and see what I can achieve with that. So Yeah, moving into my favorites with Disney Plus, Mulan is actually available now free for all subscribers because when it did come out a few months ago, it was available on Disney Plus, but even subscribers had to pay, I think it was $30 to rent the movie and watch it. So now it was free. So I watched it last Friday night and it was so good, you guys. I know the critics kind of gave it a lot of backlash with a lot of the kind of 
historical and cultural things that went on in the movie. But in terms of story, it was pretty good. So if you kind of want something that's more of a almost a drama slash action film, I'd highly recommend it. It was kind of interesting in the movie because there were obvi- there wasn't like any singing at all, but it- some of the underlying instrumentals were of the songs from the classic animated Disney version. So it was kind of fun to hear like, I'll make a man out of you um, on an instrumental version. So that was a lot of fun. The second was Spotify wrapped. I love when they do Spotify wrapped every year. And if you aren't on Spotify and don't know what it is, they basically take all the music that you've listened to throughout the year and put together a customized report for you based on all the data. So how many minutes of music you listen to, your top genres, your top artists, your top songs, stuff like that. So every year I look so forward to getting all of that because I just think it's a really great use of data just in terms of using your customers' data and making it really personalized to them. So if anyone was curious, my top artist of the year was Taylor Swift only second was Elton John and then my top song of the year was Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles so it was kind of it's always very fun to see kind of how it shakes out but it was definitely not surprising with Taylor Swift because once Folklore came out I started listening to her stuff again and getting into the groove of that and I think her her documentary did come out also this year the one on Netflix I think it Miss Americana I think is what it was so That's always a highlight of my December. And then lastly, I got a graduation kit from my college because I'm graduating on Saturday, which is so exciting. And of course, because with the pandemic, they can't do in-person graduation. So they sent graduates a little kit where they could just have, you know, they called it a celebration kit. So it came with an alumni t-shirt, your diploma cover, cords, and then a couple like other miscellaneous things. So it'll definitely be nice. And they're launching a recording of the ceremony to watch on Saturday. So we're going to do that. We're going to have a little bit, a little brunch, some mimosas, and just kind of celebrate that because it is, it is a big accomplishment. And I can't believe two years has already flown by. I feel like I was just starting getting my master's and here I am like finishing it. I had my last class last night and now I'm done, which is insane. But it's also good for this because I can just focus more on my podcast and my brand and like all the fun stuff I like to do without having to be weighed down by school or anything. So it's very exciting. But yeah, and now moving into kind of my tip before we hop into this episode, which I'm super excited to talk to you guys about. So my tip for this week is if you can get it all done in a day, do it. In other words, batch, batch, batch. And I kind of mentioned this a little earlier. So I did all my holiday baking on Saturday. Everyone thought I was crazy because they're like, you kind of took on too much. You were a little ambitious. But then I was like, hey, like, I don't have time, you know, other weekends and stuff to get this done. So I'm just going to, you know, power through and get it done. And sometimes that's what you have to do. And I'm going to probably start doing that a lot more with content and stuff, just doing more batching and all of that. So I'm not spending time on my weekends and during the week doing it where I can just devote one day or one weekend a month to content creation and just have it in a more organized manner. 
So that's kind of my recommendation. So if there are tasks that you can do that you can batch, I would suggest doing it, whether it's paying your bills or doing expenses or writing a blog post, anything like that you can do where you spend just like three hours and get a couple different entries done, it's probably going to suit you more in the long run because then you spent a lot of time up front where then you don't have to spend a lot of time afterwards. So that is my advice. And especially when you're busy, it's great to just have things on autopilot, like social media scheduling, if you want like posts to go out or content to go out, whatever it might be. So I would suggest that I'm looking into more of a, I guess, a formal content batching course. I've heard Amanda Warfield is really good. I've seen various creators go through her course and saying that it's really kind of changed their life and their mentality when it comes to content batching. So it's definitely on my list for a course to take in 2021. But yeah, that's kind of something I'm going to try to do a lot more of next year just to free up some of my time because obviously, as we all know, time is valuable. So why spend it doing things that you don't want to do? So with that, let's get into the episode, which is all about creativity. And I love talking about creativity. So fun fact for you all, when I did my personal brand audit, I did what's called a 360 survey. So talking to my friends, my coworkers, my family about kind of what they think of me and just things about myself, like characteristics, what's the first word they that comes to mind, that sort of thing. So in a lot of responses said that I am creative and one of my biggest strengths is creativity. And so I'd always kind of thought of myself as a creative person, but I never really thought of myself as creative as a defining trait. So now I'm just totally leaning into that. I'm totally just being like, yeah, I'm creative. I'm a creative. I'm, you know, creative, creative, creative. So that is kind of also what prompted me to start this. And I'm on my own creativity journey, which I will kind of go into later in the episode. But yeah, I just always find it fascinating to talk about because a lot of people I feel like are always like, oh, well, I'm not creative. I don't know how you can be so creative. I just am never that inspired. So I want to debunk those myths and tell you how you can get creative and get inspired. So let's first go into kind of the neuroscience behind creativity because it's a very fascinating subject. And if you just search like the science of creativity, you get a lot of Google results. So one thing that I found that was interesting is your ability to be creative is a combination of genetics and experience. And it was very interesting that like some people have more creativity than others based on their brain makeup. So I'll get to that in a little bit. But bottom line, and this is something I say time and time again, is that everybody has the potential to be creative, but not everyone exercises it. So think of your creativity as a muscle group. You know, as an athlete, obviously, you're going to work out that muscle group and that muscle group gets bigger, it gets stronger, it gets more defined, it gets used. Creativity is kind of the same way. You have to think of your creativity as something that you have to really exercise and use often to keep strong. And 
a lot of the time we do that when we're kids. Like we're encouraged time and time again in school to just create, draw, color, express ourselves, whatever it might be. But as we get older, our creativity for a lot of people just suppresses where a lot of people are in more practical fields and they kind of put whatever creative hobbies or interests they have on the back burner, which is super interesting in terms of just how people are, you know, wired that way. And for me, and I'll get into this in a little bit, is that's how I felt like for the last several years. And it has nothing to do with, you know, my job or the people around me. It's just, I just felt like my creativity was being suppressed. And it's kind of the whole same thing with the muscle group and creativity is a muscle sort of thing. I wasn't using it. So I felt like it was going limp, if like that makes any sense at all. So I typically like to, and this was a goal of mine when I was finishing my undergrad, was that I wanted to be in a job where I could use all of my skills and all of my skill sets. So my social media side, my design side, my content side. And it was kind of great at first, but like now, like being in a content job, I didn't get to use really any of the social media or design side. And so as I'm developing my personal brand, as I'm trying to develop new content, even in my current role, I'm trying to do more things that are, well, that is developing more the things I want to be developing. So that social media side, that design side, that content side. So the job I'm in right now really kind of just combines all of it. And I really hope to continue to combine all of that as a part of my personal brand and with my goals and with my business. So that said, getting back to the neuroscience, creative creativity is said to run in families based on your brain makeup. So It's said to maybe the people who have more gray gray brain matter have more creativity and they have more serotonin or they have a shorter corpus callosum, which is basically the part that connects the two sides of your brain. So messages and ideas are able to happen a lot faster and get connected a lot faster. So that's kind of really interesting when you think about that. But I honestly think that it's more experience-based than genetics-based because, I don't know, take my family, for example, like everyone, like my family, like is part, I don't don't know how to say this, like they're creative, but they're like, I'm like way, if creative was like on a scale, I would be way far one way compared to the rest of my family because everybody else is in very like left brain sort of fields like whether like a business or finance with numbers and stuff but I'm like the one who's like I'm I want to be an artist I love photography I love scrapbooking I love doing all this stuff so I don't know if genetics necessarily play a part in that but I think experience definitely does So hopping into the psychology, which is also very interesting, I did mention children earlier, like they were always doing creative tasks, whether it's, you know, you're like having ideas or learning or something. And it's something that adults can pick up too. Like you can pick up 
an idea or you can do something where you're taking a course in something you're interested in or just even reading a Wikipedia page is something to kind of foster your creativity because you're kind of tapping into that curiosity that creativity fosters. And that's what I love. I love being curious. I love experimenting to just see what's going to happen because you don't know until you try. Like, food flavors, for example. Like my mom is very, I would say, cautious when it comes to pairing different flavors together. Whereas I'm like, hey, like this sounds like it would be fantastic. Let's try it and see. And a lot of the time my instinct is right. So sometimes you just have to just be curious and just experiment and just see what's out there because otherwise you're not, I don't think you're growing very much if you don't do that or just take risks. So it's also another way to foster your creativity. So step outdoors, brainstorm, you know, do something where you know, you can kind of exercise that creative muscle. And it's easier said than done, I know, where you might be starting from scratch and you might be like, Alexa, I don't know how to be creative. Help me be creative, which I will get to some advice later in the episode about some ideas I have as a what I a self-deemed creative has a couple ideas for you. But yeah, then another way is what's called divergent thinking, which is exploring multiple solutions to a problem. And I love that word, divergent. It always reminds me of the book series, the young adult book series. Also, the what the movie where Shailene Woodley portrayed the main character. But I love the whole idea of divergent thinking, just finding multiple angles and finding multiple solutions to a problem or multiple ways to solve a problem. Because as we know, there's more than one way to do something. So that's super interesting. But yeah, now that we've kind of talked about the science and the psychology and all that, like, let's talk about how to boost creativity. So a couple ideas are to play, practice and experience. So A lot of times we forget how to just play and just have fun and just be, which is crazy. Like we should allow ourselves to not only work hard, but play hard because oftentimes that's what is going to kind of inspire us to even be better at our job. So for me, I love when I get to travel and I know when I, it's kind of funny. I know when I'm in a rut, I need to like take a trip or something because I just get so stuck and so uninspired that I'm like, I need to be in a new space. I need to experience something. I just need something outside of my normal day-to-day comfort zone. So traveling for me often like resets that. And I use that along with a number of other experiences to kind of inspire me in my work. So right now I consume a lot of, I'm consuming a lot of YouTube because it's Vlogmas and everything. And I'm using some of these ideas that I've gotten from YouTube, from Wild U and everything to kind of help me in my job. So that's just one example of where experiences can kind of help you boost your creativity and give you kind of creative solutions in your day-to-day work. The other is to practice. So whether it's painting or drawing or scrapbooking or whatever, you just have to just do. And it's, again, easier said than done because a lot of us fear the failure and the perfectionism and all of that that comes with being creative. But it is super essential to overcome all of that 
when it comes to creativity. So it is important to allow yourself to just mess up and get messy and just experience what it is to just create something because a lot of times you know you're starting from nothing and then you just want to create and just do something that you want the world to see or not or maybe you don't want the world to see it whatever it might be whatever your comfort level is the thing is just to start and just see where it goes because evidently you will have that kind of that flat pancake scenario that where the first thing that you do like won't turn out perfect but it is an opportunity for it to build on itself and I felt that time and time again whether it's with a blog post with a podcast episode a YouTube video something I create through Photoshop or whatever it might be a photo anything like that you just you know the first one might not turn out great, but it gives you a foundation on which to improve, which I think is super important. So one way to do that is by just practicing creativity every day. And again, easier said than done, but if you already have established routines like a morning routine, a post-work routine, an evening routine, maybe spend a couple minutes just trying to add something into that routine or maybe make it a challenge of, okay, I want to take one photo a day just on your phone. Super simple. can do that. You can then compile it into a book or post them on Facebook, whatever you want to do. But just find a way to do something every day to just kind of like get your brain going, whether it's, you know, journaling for a few minutes or, you know, following some new tags on Instagram for topics that you like, just stuff like that, that kind of just stimulates your brain. Or maybe you want to cook a new recipe. Like that's also something that stimulates your creativity. It's easier. It's easier than you think to incorporate something creative in every day. Like for me, I'm working on the artist way, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but I one of the components is doing an artist day and an artist day is essentially where every week you spend some time with yourself doing something creative. And I've looked through like lists ideas and a lot of it's like, oh, I do this kind of on the reg so I don't have to go out of my way. So you might be surprised at how much you can actually do on a daily basis and how much of your daily routine is considered creative. The other thing is to remember that the longer you engage in a creative idea, the more likely you are to come up with creative ideas. So like an athlete and like a sport, creativity is kind of the same thing. You kind of have to persevere. You kind of have to stay consistent and really just exercise it like you would as an athlete and practice like you would as an athlete. Because if you go without doing that sport, you, you know, you lose your skill, right? You know, you're not as fine-tuned as you could be. The same thing with creativity. You know, you have to kind of keep your creative momentum going and then it becomes easier to kind of come up with ideas and, and creative tasks and all that. So the key is you just have to kind of work on it little by little and it's a very it can be a slow process but it shouldn't be one that you should be discouraged about because anyone who has been struggling with their creativity has been there even people who are you know have to be creative on a daily basis have struggled so you're not alone in this 
But yeah, it's just something you can totally improve on, but it is something you'll have to spend time doing. The other thing I also find really fascinating with creative creativity and creative people are the technical people who have this like secret creative side. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. You probably have a friend who is like, I don't know, a scientist and they're like an amazing photographer or they write code, but they can also paint or they are an engineer, but they play the piano, like whatever it might be. It just fascinates me so much how these people the ones who are very technical and have very technical day jobs can also be so creative. And it's also, it's said that it's a combination of technique and creativity that, you know, because these creative tasks require technique and these people are already doing technique, that's how they thrive. And of course it is based on their experiences as well. And it's also kind of like piecing together a puzzle for some people, some people kind of look at it as piecing together a puzzle. Like I have a friend, he writes code now for Amazon, but he was like the most amazing photographer. I think he still does photography. I'm not sure. But yeah, like it's just one example of somebody who has been so left brain, but also has this creative side. So I think it's one of those things that's very complementary in nature. I don't know. It's It fascinates me though. But it's also said that people like this associate problems and ideas from unrelated fields. So they might be finding a common thread between, you know, coding and playing the piano or coding and photography or something like that. Like there's a common thread they can build upon, which I think is super, super interesting and super cool how two unrelated fields literally at the opposite sides of the spectrum can come together and just create something super beautiful. So that is something I love and I totally admire the people who are able to take that technicality and turn it into something super creative. Like I know a lot of technical people, even in the marketing department, who really know how to dig into data and do data science and all this stuff, but they're also very creative and they write and all this other stuff. So I just think, I just think it's super interesting. The other thing is something that I've also kind of picked up with watching kind of creativity in progress on a TV show and then trying it myself. And that is kind of distraction as a means to problem solving. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of this is this one scene from 30 Rock where Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin are in Alec Baldwin's character's office and Liz, her name's Liz Lemon in the show, Liz comes up and is, and is like wanting Alec Baldwin's character. I think his name is Jack in the show, but I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But anyway, so she comes up and he's putting on this little like strip of turf in his office. And Liz is like, don't you have a big decision to make? Don't you have a big problem to solve? Like, what are you doing? And he said something along the lines of distracting himself and the problem will just kind of solve itself. And it's kind of true. Like you think about what's called what people call like shower thoughts. You've probably seen a ton on the Internet where you'll come up with your aha eureka moment in the shower. And that has totally happened with me. And there's actually a science behind it. 
So it's called cognitive fixation, where we're so narrowly focused on the problem that we can't see any other solutions in front of us. So it'd be like staring at the same thing for five, six hours without a solution in sight, but you step away from it and you do something else to kind of distract your mind. And then you're like, oh, bingo, I found my answer. So that's what's called deliberate distractions. It's basically where regions of the brain, you have regions of the brain that handle decision making and those are active when the conscious mind is handling a different task. So you're essentially diverting your main focus with with intention. So you're stimulating more portions of your brain and it can lead to changes in your neural pathways. So very scientific. I'm not a science person, but basically you're distracting one part of your brain while the other one is still active. And I found this so many times, like whether it's me taking a shower or me, I don't know, I'm doing a Peloton class or something and I come up with a solution that's like, oh my God, where was this when I needed it five hours ago? But yeah, you can kind of do this in your own thinking too with three easy steps. So one, recognize that you're in a rut. You've looked at the same piece of paper for three hours. You have no way to move forward or anything like that. So you just have to say, okay, I recognize I'm in a rut. Second is to choose an engaged distraction. Maybe you go on a walk. Maybe you cook dinner. Maybe you watch TV, whatever it might be. Something that's engaging your brain and getting your mind off of that task. And third, you kind of have to just set a time limit for your distractions. So maybe you watch one episode of TV or you go on a 20 minute walk or whatever it might be. So just give your time, give yourself and your brain time to kind of get off of the topic at hand so you can really just relax and, you know, kind of just figure out what your next step is. And that said, when you do come up with your eureka moment, you know, make sure to incorporate it into your natural rhythm. So let's say you come up with an idea for the next chapter of a book you're writing. And instead of just dropping everything and going back to that draft, just make a note of it in your phone, on your computer, whatever it might be. And just then when you're sitting back at your desk again, the next morning, just incorporate that idea. So, you know, note the inspiration and then run with it later. So that's something that I've done a ton of. Like if I find inspiration somewhere, I literally just jot a note down on my phone and just deal with it that way. So yeah, something to think about if you're stuck on a problem that you're trying to solve. Give yourself a deliberate distraction and see if that helps you with anything. But yeah, just another area in the fascinating science of creativity. Moving into what dampens your creativity. So it's kind of, it's sad when your creativity gets dampened, like at least in my mind, it's very sad. So, you know, if you have stress that you're being put under or time constraints, you're working in the same space without changing up your location, you're not sleeping enough, you're too worried about perfectionism, you're fearing failing, you're always feeling like you always have to be connected and you're always doing something and you're afraid to be bored, you know? So again, in order to avoid that, maybe, you know, welcome boredom and reduce your multitasking, stuff like that, which is why 
quarantine has been good, especially at the beginning where we weren't, it wasn't something we were used to. It wasn't something where we were like, hey, we can, you know, take a whole Saturday and just clean our house or, you know, work on a piece of art or whatever it might be. We weren't used to that because we're such involved beings where we always like to have every minute of our time occupied. And with creativity, you kind of just have to let yourself feel it and just be and maybe just get bored. And then you can use that as kind of a jumping ground for any creative activity. And the key with creativity is innovation without constraints. That's really essentially what it is. I literally could not put it in any other words where you're coming up with something, you don't have any limits. Literally, it's limitless. Endless possibilities, being able to unleash your creativity just in such a healthy way. So think about that. And I definitely want to keep that in mind, even as I go on my own journey. So let's talk about The Artist's Way. If you are unfamiliar with The Artist's Way, it is by Julia Cameron, and it is described as both a course in discovering and recovering your creative self and as a spiritual path to higher creativity. So it's this 12-week program that you kind of work through. It comes in a book, and so each week it has kind of an introduction to the topic and some tasks that you can do to kind of work on some introspection and just help you conquer, honestly, the fear of creating, the resentment, you know, the fear of failure, the fear of perfectionism, anything that serves as a creative block when it comes to creativity. Because like I said earlier, we all have the ability to do it, but some of us just get blocked. And I think that's where I was coming in, especially in terms of writing my book. And I've mentioned my book on this podcast a few times. I just felt that I was just in this place where I couldn't move forward. I just kept getting stuck. I think because I kept returning to the same thing over and over again. And according to Cameron, that's something that happens a lot when you're, you know, in this kind of creative rut, you kind of read over old drafts and do something in the hopes that it would re-inspire you. So having said that, I was like, I, when I read that, I was like, that is a hundred percent me. So I was like, this is why I'm doing this book in the first place. So you kind of just, you know, examine yourself, examine your journey, examine your past in terms of, you know, what maybe make made you feel blocked in the first place, what made you feel fear when it came to your art and creating, anything like that. And I know I mentioned before that it was like a spiritual path. It's not religious, but she does say like, you know, she references like a creator. So it could be God if you're religious or not or whoever you believe like a higher power, essentially. So believing that like the higher power, the creator gives you the ability to be creative. So there's like that component, too which is very interesting. But yeah, the couple of main items in here are the A, the morning pages, which is basically daily brain dumping, where you just have stream of conscious writing for three pages in a journal every morning first thing. 
I have a love-hate relationship with these, if I'm going to be completely honest. Some days I'm like, oh, this is great. I can just unleash. But other days I'm like, oh my God, I just want to get on with my routine. Like, why am I wasting my time doing this when I could be doing something else. So I have a very love-hate relationship with morning pages. And then the second is what I mentioned is the artist state. So just allowing yourself time every week to just be creative and do something. And a lot of the time, the artist way, at least how it's described in the book, is for people who might be like harboring this creative side of them. Like maybe they're a banker, but they've always really enjoyed the idea of wanting to write film scripts. So it has been said that after reading this book, that banker has been able to produce film scripts and get out of his head and be able to do it. So TBD on that, but I'm really hoping that honestly happens with me in terms of being able to finish my book. So stay tuned. I will definitely keep you guys updated on that. But yeah, so it's just one of those things where it kind of is helping people who have pushed that creative side of them down and bringing it back up. So yeah, I think that's super interesting, but I think it also helps if you have wanted to unleash a creative side, but haven't been able to like something that has been so suppressed where you're just like, oh, I didn't even know I had this in me. So I think that is also super interesting when it comes to the artist way. So if you are, you know, contemplating it, I highly recommend it because I started it, I think back in October, it was around my birthday when I started it. And I have already seen such tremendous results and such a shift in my mindset when it comes to creating. It's insane. Like I've been able to do these creative challenges. I've been getting more into like memory keeping and just wanting to do more where I just put pen to paper and just be creative in different senses, which is great. That's all I could ever want. So if you're in that same boat, I highly recommend you check that out. But yeah, I just want to end kind of here with my own creative journey and my own path when it came to creativity and kind of where I'm at now as a 26 year old. So I know when I was younger, I was always creative. I was always encouraged to be creative. We had whole craft sets, like craft tables, all this stuff where we could do stamping and painting and coloring and drawing and all this stuff. So I was always encouraged to express myself. And even my art teacher was amazing. My elementary and middle school art teacher, her name is Jody Peterson. And honestly, I don't want to say she changed my life because that's a pretty bold statement, but she definitely made an impact when it came to creativity and my knowledge of art and my love of art because she taught us all these different art styles. Like we learned about pointillism. We learned about perspective. We learned about architecture. We learned about you know, um, like the American art with Van Gogh, we learned, or not Van Gogh, who was that guy's name? Grant Wood. Yes. Anyway, so we learned about all this stuff and it was kind of this launch pad when I was like in high school and college to want to just do more with it. Like I took art history when I was in high school, my favorite high school class. And I took a historic costume class when I was in college, which was another one of my favorite classes. So anyway, we were always had that art was always a thing we had every single year when I was in school. And so by the time I kind of got to middle school, I was like, okay, I want to do a creative career. I want 
to be a photographer. I kind of went back and forth. So I wanted to do photography or architecture or fashion design. So there was a ton I was kind of juggling at the point. And then when I was in high school, like my freshman year, I joined yearbook and yearbook was great because I, it was just fun. We got to do layouts and put photos together and all the things. And then obviously, as I got closer to college, I kind of had to decide, you know, what I wanted to major in. And at the time I was also in DECA doing business stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe I should like go into business or like do that. And I don't know, none of it just felt right. Like I kind of considered marketing, but not really. And Eventually, I had settled on journalism because my dad had one day posed the question to me because I had said, like, I really would love to design magazine spreads. And because at the time there was this one show called I think it was called Stylista. I think it was a very short lived show. I think it was on the CW where Rachel Zoe was the host. And I think it was for was it for Mary Claire? I can't remember what magazine it was for or L where it would have these people and the winner would have a chance to work at the magazine doing layouts. So their challenges would be around doing different layouts and magazines. And I was like, I want to do that. So that's what I ended up going to school for. And the journalism side was like not creative at all. Like didn't really get to do anything there. But the fashion side, which I also at one point was majoring in and then ended up minoring in was fun. And that's kind of how I kept my creative ties. I would say throughout college is doing more fashion related things and more creative things with fashion. So I was, you know, doing that, but also kind of having some hobbies on the side. Like I really was into blogging and doing photography and stuff like that. So I kind of, you know, kept it alive. I would try different things in Photoshop, which was super fun. Really just self-taught, honestly. And some of the stuff like ended up being fun. Like in, I, as part of the journalism program, I did a infographics class, which was super fun and like icons and all things like that. So that was a lot of fun. And then I came to the conclusion by the end of my senior year that I wanted to do a career where I could combine all the things I loved and was passionate about. So the social media, the design, the content, all that. So that was kind of my goal coming out of college. And then I got my job doing content writing, which there were some creative aspects to it. But once you get out of college where you're kind of learning how to do everything to then going into a corporate company where you kind of have to stay in your lane a little bit because there are different departments that, you know, do the social media and do the creative and do the content, you kind of, it kind dampens you a little bit. So I then kind of just felt stuck, honestly, and definitely blocked. Like I wanted to do stuff on the side, but then I was already so burnt out from what I was doing at work, like writing especially. So I just kind of decided to put it on a back burner. And then I went to grad school and am now finishing with a degree in marketing with an emphasis in branding because branding really brings everything together in my opinion it brings the the content the design the social the promotion the messaging everything you could ever want in a brand it just brings it all together so that's what I majored in and I'm loving it I'm very happy that I did it I think it's going to be great 
to do that and really help companies with their brand and then obviously myself with my own personal brand. So now here I am in 2020. I am I just did the artist way. I'm like week nine out of 12. So I'm almost done with that. It's really opened up my creativity. I've really enjoyed doing it. And now I just want to do more with it. Like I'm doing the my winter design challenge with my friends and I'm doing working on my personal brand and I'm podcasting and I'm wanting to get into YouTube because I want to do something other than just writing to get ideas and content out. Because I really enjoy just sharing what I do have it picked up and my experiences and all that. So I've really just wanted a means to do that. So for me, it's been um, great kind of exploring this new audio visual sense of things. So I really like it. And it's something I'm really passionate about and something I'm really hoping to grow in 2021. So that's kind of my journey up until this point. And it's still going. I'm still you know, working through my own things, but I'm really hoping that what I can do through content like this and through Instagram and through YouTube and stuff is really help people unleash their inner creativity. So if there are people who are in the same boat as me, because I know there are, I know there's plenty of people out there who are like, yeah, I wish I was as creative as you or, oh, I'm not as creative. Like, how are you so creative? That sort of thing to really just help people accomplish that. So that's kind of my goal and my purpose kind of going forward is really to just help people unleash that creativity. So with that said, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. So three things that I'm looking forward to for this week. One is I'm done with school. I cannot tell you how great that feels. The last time I felt like this, it was four years ago when I was finishing my undergrad. No more tests, no more papers, no more nothing. So now I can just focus on taking courses and things I want to learn about and things that will help me get my brand to where I want it to get and just things like that. So I'm very happy with that. Secondly, graduation is on Saturday and I'm thrilled even though it is virtual. I'm just happy to say it's done. I already have my Instagram photo shoot in mind because I am that person. But yeah, I'm just super excited that this journey has come to an end and that I have my master's degree now. So it's it's amazing. And lastly, I'm going to an outdoor German Christmas market that they have here in Denver. It's called the Christ Kindle Market. So one of my friends had invited me to go. And so we are going on Sunday. So I'm very excited about that to just A, see a friend, B, get out, C, do something Christmassy because it is getting closer and closer to Christmas each day. We're already on the 9th tomorrow, which is insane to think about. So yeah, that's what I'm totally looking forward to this week, among other things. But those are just my top three. And lastly, to leave you all with a quote for the week, and this one is one of my 
absolute favorite quotes. I have it up in all my creative spaces. It is creativity is intelligence having fun. And that is from Albert Einstein. And I always, always think about that, especially earlier when I mentioned that creativity is innovation without constraint. It kind of goes along with the intelligence that comes along with it. So I always keep that in mind when I'm talking about creativity and stuff like that. It's just your intelligence, you know, doing something in an area that you love. So that, my friends, is the end of this week's episode on creativity. I hope you all have a fabulous week and are having a fabulous month and Christmas season so far. If you are new here, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform so you get notified whenever a new podcast episode comes out. And don't forget to like us on Instagram at Badassery Podcast and on Facebook. So with that, I will bid you adieu. Have a good rest of the day and the week and we will talk later. Bye.